I'm recording. Are you recording? There's a countdown. Now I'm recording. Yes. <laughs> I love, we love a countdown. <laughs> I know. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another gorgeous episode of A Little Something Gay. I've been doing different riffs every single time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am really, really happy to have this guest this week, someone that I have known for quite a while. And uh, let's just introduce this person. I'm going to call you Mrs. Trevor Mastin. How about that? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing super. I'm doing real good. Hey, we just uh, had your birthday at Partners, your little, your your night of of, of birthday shenanigans yes, yes. that was I so much to, fun turned 31 um and you know what i couldn't have picked a better way to celebrate than performing and and making those coins yeah it was you were making all the dollars I, it was good yeah it was a great night <laughs> good i'm so happy to hear that you made some money too so i did well i did but then most <laughs> of it went right back into the business so perfect. You know, yeah perfect i wasn't even <laughs> expecting it really so i was like well <laughs> This isn't, I mean, I'm not going to keep this. This is obviously like, we got to let it recirculate back into the community. The economy. The economy. Exactly. <laughs> so Trevor, uh, you're a massive fan of this podcast, but for those that are just tuning in, I like to ask my guests, how do you identify? Yeah. So day to day life, I identify as, as a man, he, him pronouns, a, a gay man. Um, uh-huh. yeah, clearly. Um, and, uh, you know, when, if I'm in drag, it, it doesn't bother me if someone says she, her. doesn't bother me if someone says he, him. Um, just don't call me handsome when I'm in drag. <laughs> <laughs> such a read. Such a backhanded compliment. I, I know. <laughs> it's like calling a girl broad. Oh, right. It's which like, oh, I am. <laughs> now, you and I have known each other for a while. Yeah. How did we first meet? How do we know each other? Tell, tell the guests. Tell the audience. I'm pretty sure it was a little place called Discovery Land is the best of the West out under the stars. Is that the first time we met? I feel like we might have met like maybe once before that, but I don't think we really knew each other that was, until that summer. Right. That was kind of when we so, started hanging out more. And Yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't know, Discovery Land uh, was an outdoor amphitheater in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, that was the national home of Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. And they did summer-long productions of Oklahoma every night. And Trevor and I were in a cast together. I played wow. Allie Hackam, which... I was your understudy. Oh, you were? Yeah. Remember, you went on for Jed oh, and I went I... on for you. Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a fun I, night. <laughs> I went on for Jed Fry, LOL. Um, you went Didn't on for you Ali- play him the next summer? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Only because I don't think they could find anybody else. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure it was good. Uh, yeah, it was It was something. I know it was good. I came and saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks for coming. You're welcome. That was a fun <laughs> summer, our summer together. It really was. That was such I a mean, good cast. Putting aside the actual real life rattlesnakes tarantulas skunks and deer that joined us on stage um it was great you just <laughs> chasse around that tarantula and <laughs> yeah <laughs> make your cross shake rattle and roll it, Ooh, good wordplay thank you <laughs> <laughs> so trevor yes tell us a little more about you oh man okay 
Let me burp. Do, oh, do it on the mic. Oh, do it on the mic. <laughs> I'm gassy. That's something I am. Um, <laughs> I am currently an elementary art teacher. I'm also a middle school cross country coach and high school track coach. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I uh, do drag almost full time. I mean, really, at this point, it's pretty much keeping me busy. Other than that, it's kind of sad. I don't have much of a life. I have three fur babies, two cats and a dog, and I love them dearly. Tell us the names. Uh, my dog's name is Georgie. Uh-huh. He is a Rottweiler and Bernie's Mountain Dog mix, so he's very big and very hairy. Aw. My boy cat is Blue, based off the character from the original Pokemon games. Nerd. Yep. And my girl cat <laughs> is named Johto, based off the... Uh, the second edition to the Pokemon games, the gold and silver games. So. Uh-huh. Great. The, my, my strong, um, gaming contingent will, will like that. Oh yeah. That little nod. <laughs> I don't play video games very often. However, I did play Pokemon, uh, red and blue back in the early days. Yeah. And I liked 95, it. I think was when I, that came out. I don't I remember. I think I even had the, the one where Pikachu was, you could yellow. choose him as a, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I had that one too. Pokemon yellow. Yeah, I'm I a huge Pokemon nerd. I guess I can say that about myself if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> Who's your favorite Pokemon? Oh my gosh, um, this is this is a whole podcast in itself. But I'll make it simple. Overall, from the get go, from way back to when I can remember, it's always been um, Chikorita. Oh, okay, which is a starter Pokemon from Generation Two, and I just cool. loved the character in the anime really because she was such like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Like this little lima bean with a leaf on its head had so much personality. And I was just like, I'm into it. I love it. This is her world. We're just living in it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. What were her little abilities? Oh, well, she's a grass type Pokemon. So she smokes weed all the time. Yep. She's just high. Yeah. Great. She whips her hair back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've known a couple girls that do that when they smoke the, the grass. <laughs> so you mentioned you are a teacher. Elementary, yes. elementary art. Mm -hmm. How long have you been teaching? This is my third year. I um, have come to find out that I do love children, but elementary is probably not my thing. Oh, okay. Why is that? <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm having a hard time with the aspect of, of discipline in the district. They're not like very diligent about discipline mm -hmm. and so it's kind of just more like babysitting than actually having a controlled environment where you can actually teach things oh um and classroom management is a part of it but you know we're not we're not allowed to take anything away we're not allowed to like detention we're not allowed to, like we're just not given the tools to discipline effectively yeah um i'm not saying we should hit the kids but like we don't even have like in school detention anymore we just have like a it's called a reset room and they send kids there basically to go play and i'm like that's not that's not helping this that's not discipline yeah <laughs> what like if i was a kid i would want to go there so i would act out to to get to go there yeah it sort of seems like it would be doing the opposite of yeah. what it's intended to do i mean there are a few kids that it does really help but i don't see a lot of improvement overall in the school so got it what made you decide to start teaching? Um, funny story. I moved back from New York City to Oklahoma, didn't have a job, mm -hmm. texted the school secretary saying, hey, I'm going to substitute teach for you next year. And she said, hey, do you want to be the art teacher? 
<laughs> and I said, cool. You know, teaching was always kind of on my radar. Both my parents are teachers. Both my sisters are are teaching or going to be a teacher. So teaching is just in our family. And like I said, I, I like kids. I just, the discipline factor is, is just enough for me to be like, you know what? I, I can't do this every day. I can't babysit every day. So yeah. But I'm loving high school right now. High school track. I know that if I was in like the classroom teaching high school, there would be those turds that made my day terrible. But just the being able to like communicate with them effectively and like have them have an actual conversation with me is miles beyond elementary. <laughs> right. Well, you're so young. I mean, they, they just see you as a contemporary, really. I mean, yeah, they want to be my friend. Yeah. I mean, that sounds problematic <laughs> having friends that are children, but you never know. Whatever. You know. I like Pokemon, so I can relate to some of them on it. <laughs> there, there you go. And it all comes back to Ch- Chitiron. What was her name? Chikorita. Her too. <laughs> it was actually pretty cute. A kid, one of my kids brought me a Chikorita Pokemon card on my birthday. Aww. Because they knew it was my favorite, so. They listen. They do. That was The sweet. things they want to hear. <laughs> well, that was sweet. It was sweet. So you mentioned earlier that you uh, are also a drag queen full-time yes. drag queen yeah and i saw your show uh i've shot i've seen you on instagram and facebook and, and things like that but i'd mm-hmm. never seen your drag persona live in living color until this weekend and i must say you do put on quite an amazing show thank you i hope that's an honest opinion not just for the the podcast no it's my honest opinion <laughs> if it okay, was trash perfect. i wouldn't have even like brought it up <laughs> You'd have been like, oh, we have to cancel. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long have you been uh, doing drag? Or, well, we should say, you, why don't you tell us what your drag persona's name is? Yes. Um, her name is Patty Bouray. Awesome. How did um, you come up with that name? So it's based off the dance term Pata Bouray. And I knew that I wanted to be like campy and comedy and musical theater. And so I was just trying to think of something. I really started thinking of of like Broadway divas and how I could like play off of their names. Yeah. And Patty kind of stuck with me because like Patty Lapone and um, you know other other big Patties, Patty Labelle, Patty, um, uh, Sandy Patty. Her um, too. Yes. And so I was like, you know, Patty's cute. And then it just kind of came into my head one day. I was like, oh, Patty Bouray, Patty Bouray, Patty Bouray, Patty Bouray. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, and a pot of beret is a uh, backside step. Yes. Yes. So it's like yeah. a little, I believe in French it is uh, step of the drunk. <laughs> it's actually very, um, an extremely common drag queen dance move, but I found that most drag queens don't know the name of the dance move. They just know they do it. <laughs> Super. So, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, that, that's a good old one-two step back over there. They're like, Patty Bure, I don't get your name. And I'm like, well, it's a dance move you do 82 times in your number, but you don't know what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) And how long have you been doing drag? I've only been doing drag. The first time I got put in drag makeup was July. Oh, wow. So not even a year. Yeah, no. Um, About nine months, I guess. And you're so good at it. Well, I mean, the 20 years of musical theater helped. (laughs) (laughs) But the makeup, too. The makeup looks really good, too. Oh, I've come miles with the makeup. Oh. <laughs> if you go back on my Instagram and look at my first video or my first pictures, you'd be like, it's a man, Maury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had a lot of good mentors and a lot of good help. Um, and just doing a lot of listening and trying to not be like, 
you know, some of the other queens I see who are a little big for their britches, thinking they've got it all together when they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm very welcoming to advice and tips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I do makeup, I, I got some good advice. You know, try something new every time you do makeup. So, you know, I'll either try a new color, a new product, a new, like, just a slightly different shape. Mm-hmm. Until I find find what really works and then try and marry it all together. So, marry the night, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. You talked about having some, you're getting getting tidbits from other queens. Who are some queens that you draw inspiration from? Within the community of Oklahoma City Drag, uh-huh. the, the two queens that have helped me the most would be Lucy Vuitton mm-hmm. and um, Crystal Beth. Okay. We'll shout those two of, out. Yes. Um, they're great. They're great friends, great sisters, um, give a lot of good, good advice, and they're also not afraid to like read you as well. So, like a good sister, it's nice. Yeah, like a good sister. Drag queens are there. <laughs> I think a lot of people, when they see local drag, especially good local drag, their knee jerk is to tell you that you should be on Drag Race or that you should audition for yeah. a drag like a Drag Race like competition. Yes. Um, is that something that you have done or would ever want to do? I'm currently in a competition. <gasps> Tell um, us all. Tell us all about it. Yes, it's called Legendary Children. Ooh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Do it on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a big ASMR spike. Now. <laughs> that was a huge spike in volume. Sorry. Um, no, from me. <laughs> but, yeah, it's called Legendary Children. Mm-hmm. It's... Thursday nights, it's basically, I mean, Drag Race. We have a challenge and we have a runway every week. How many queens start out competing? So it kind of was a hot mess at the beginning. There were 13, Uh but because of COVID and because of um, some of the queens' budgets and some of the queens' like personal beliefs, I guess you could say, Uh uh, we started with, I think we ended up starting the first week with nine. That's still a fairly good turnout. So, yeah. Um, and now we're down to six. I'm in the top six. So, so what have some of the um, challenges been like so far? Oh well, uh, last week we had a '90s car- Saturday morning cartoon challenge. Oh, that's a good challenge. So I did Pokemon, of course. Of course. Um, I started as Nurse Joy and then revealed into like a sexy secretary with a Pokemon print dress that was all stoned <gasps> and sparkly. Nice. Um, did a wig reveal that wasn't so great, but it happened. Mm-hmm. The runway was superheroes and supervillains. So I, we had the option of creating our own. So I just created my own. I thought I would be more original. Mm-hmm. And I, I found out real quick that there's, um, there's these stones that a lot of queens use called AB stones. And AB stands for Aurora Borealis. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that iridescent... Um, there's blues, pinks, whites, uh, purples in the in the stone, but it kind of looks like a just like a crystal or a diamond. Uh-huh. But it really picks up the colors it's near, and so I always thought like, oh, that's just a drag queen saving grace is AB crystal. So I was like, oh, I'll just be Aurora Borealis for my superhero because it saves drag drag queens. There you go. What a great idea. Yeah, I didn't get to explain that, so it didn't really matter. But <laughs> well, now that you have. I mean, there we go. who knows what, what could come of it? This might this might get you the win. I hope so. It's a $2,000 cash prize. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. That's a great 
cash prize. And you get like you get like four wigs, uh, like fifteen pieces of jewelry or something. Where are like they it's sourcing pretty, this prize package? Part of it's coming from the bar. M- most of it's coming from the host of the show. Who who's the host? So, her name is Coco Iman. Oh, she, we saw her at uh, Frankie's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a great queen. She came she, from Chicago. Yeah. She's a trans trans girl, right? Yes. Yeah. And she does uh, Swarovski crystal stoning for the House of Iman, which is based out of Chicago, I believe. But if you saw, whoa! If let me try that again. If if you saw, oh man, now I forgot her name. The the first queen eliminated off of thirteen. Oh, um, who was the first one? Oh my gosh. What was her name? And the Mackie doll, Chicago's Mackie doll from the house of Kamora Hall. Hall. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. If you saw Kamora Hall's um, promo look, like the lavender kind of showgirl um, looking outfit, that was stoned by the house of Iman. So, wow. It's a, it's yeah. a legacy garment. I know. That's, and she looked good. That's so impressive that we have our, our own ambassadress from the house of Amon in living in our backyard. Right? This is great. Yeah. She's a, she's great. She really wants us to be happy throughout the whole thing. So she's working very hard to keep everyone happy. And um, you could tell she was at Frankie's on Saturday in Oklahoma city. And she was talking about mm-hmm. the pageant that she's doing right or the competition that she's doing right now. And you could tell that she really is enjoying the place that she's in right now. It was very, it was very nice to see. I like her a lot. She's she's definitely like new to our community and trying to to get it I think get it to a level that she was used to in Chicago. So good. that's great to see. That's so that's good. And that's I th- yeah. I think so many queens in the OKC area have not been held to a higher standard so they could kind of get away with maybe not being as polished because they know that they're yeah. still going to be able to go to the the bars and make you know some money but when you have these outsiders coming in and, you know, trying to step up the game, I think that that's just going to be better for everyone. Which is really one of the reasons why I started drag. I don't want to be shady or rude to the Queens in our community. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to point anyone out, but like I would go to the bars and be like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And like, not in a good way. Like, (laughs) yeah. Right. (laughs) So COVID happened. And then I really missed performing because I was doing like, between five and eight shows a year in some capacity, working, choreographing, directing, being in, whatever. And I was like, well, the bars are opening back up and drag queens can perform. And I know I can do just as good as these girls. So I guess I'm starting drag. <laughs> yeah. And start it. You did, honey. I did. Okay. So would you ever do drag race? Um, so this past audition round, I guess it ended like January 15th. I, I started the process um, I went through the first, just like initial round of submitting photos and like a little questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And then they send you like all the legal stuff. And then once you submit that, they send you like what to put in your video. I didn't get to the part of sending in the legal stuff in time, um, mainly because I started the audition process at a point where I had really improved on makeup. I had like some photo shoots coming up for really good professional photos. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't going to be done in time for January 15th. And so I just knew that I was like, I don't want their first impression of me to be like this weird transition. You know what I mean? 
like yeah. of okay half the stuff's really bad and half the stuff is better so what do we take like how do we judge this <laughs> so right so i just kind of i was like you know what i'll give and i'll give myself a full year of doing drag before i really get into it but i think i'm just as entertaining <laughs> i i think you are so we'll see who knows i mean i i would love to see you on i think you'd be a very good competitor and i think that i'm good at the style i do so also you're attractive in and out of drag which is very important they do tend to at least get one or two that it doesn't really matter how their drag is (laughs) (laughs) how tall are you as well uh six foot six and then in heels, you're a good in heels, I, eight feet tall. I try to stick to a four-inch heel so I'm not, like, over seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that, I mean, I feel like that would do, that would work wonders for you. Yeah. I mean, Can you imagine walking the runway with with your gams, just like... I mean, they would have to heighten uh, that entrance, honey, because if, if Miss Cherry Valentine can't get through the door with that headpiece, I'm not getting through any door. <laughs> they'd have to elongate the runway for you. They would. Uh, I mean, because I see queens like leg room. I see queens like Utica and Milk on the runway, and I'm like, gosh, they look tall. But I know I'm mm-hmm. taller than both of them. Are you really? Yeah, I've met Milk. I'm taller than Milk. I think I'm two oh. inches taller than Milk. Um, oh, it's very important those two inches. I know. I haven't met Utica, so I don't know. But I can't imagine Utica being okay. more than like six foot three. Okay. I I I have no idea, but I that sounds right. <laughs> She's lanky. She's lanky. <laughs> Speaking of drag names, I remember having a conversation with you one night about drag names, and you had thrown out uh, Tarantula yes. as a drag name. Which I think is so cute, but I think it's a little bit like Patty Bure. Mm-hmm. At least Patty Bure sounds like a cute drag name. Tarantula is like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. You have to see it You'd spelled have to be... out. Uh-huh. Plus, you know, they would always say it wrong on the mic. Yeah. They'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Tarantula. And I'm like, well, that you were in the joke. Thank you. <laughs> I did so, think of a good one the other day. Um, oh, let's let's hear it. Little Orifice Annie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Right? That's cute. I can't wait to see what you um, come up with for her look. I thought about making my drag name Shibli Doubt. And then I, you're really good at these. <laughs> and then I wanted like an Asian drag daughter and name her Shibli Ding. <laughs> it's not too late. But that's very specific and also a little like, what's the word? Um, appropriation. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, there's a drag queen out there called Something Wong. So... That's true. But at least she's culturally appropriate slightly. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. We, I might have to cut all this out, so that's, that's fine. <laughs> all right, Trevor. Yes, Miss Bure, if you mm-hmm. will. You lived in New York for how many years? Oh, a total of four years. Okay, and in that time, you worked in the New York nightlife industry. Yes, I worked. Where did you work again? I worked at Industry. <clears throat> Great bar. I love that bar, and it's um. A lot of drag race queens work there before they're on the show and after. Can can um, you name a couple? Yes. So I worked there right around season 10. 
So at that time, Miss Cracker, uh, Monet Exchange, they both worked there. Oh, wow. Tina Burner worked there. Fifi O'Hara, Jiggly Caliente. Oh, Bob the Drag Queen was in and out. I don't know. There were so many. Jan and Rosé were there a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot. There were a lot of good, great yeah. queens. I She didn't work uh, there, but I met like Eureka O'Hara performing there. So, Oh, I bet you met a lot of the girls because industry is a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. it. I mean, it's one of the biggest drag bars in New York City. So. Right across from Therapy? Therapy, which closed. I am so, so heartbroken about that. I loved that bar. Therapy was great. And that's where, like, Britta Filter and um, Jan had a show there. One that's of my where I first met Jan. My favorite, one of my favorite queens ever, Paige Turner, has her show oh, there. Um, yes. I love Paige. So do I. So. She's just so great on a microphone, like, talking to an audience. Which, that is a tough skill, I have noticed, that in, is in Queens. a hard talent. And I thought I was going to be like, this is easy. It's not. <laughs> You do really well, though. Thank you. It helps when you drink. <laughs> doesn't doesn't it help everything? Yeah. So, do you have any um, little little backstage tea moments you can spill for us, or any gossip you could you could give us? Yeah, they're all bitches. No. Well, we knew that. <laughs> um, well, I did like. I don't even want to call it date, but like I briefly <sighs> had a small affair with Rose, maybe for a little bit. <gasps> Uh, um, tell us everything. Well, I don't think I can. <laughs> well, maybe not everything, but give us give us something. Yeah, so we met through um, our mutual friend Keisha Carr, and you know, of course, you know Keisha. Um, oh yes. And yeah, we just kind of well, we had met in Oklahoma City like one time because mm-hmm. uh, Rose went to school here and reconnected in New York, and just kind of hung out, and you know. Did what two gay boys do when they're alone together? Or in public together? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if there's a park around. Yeah. <clears throat> so did that end amicably or was there Oh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. It wasn't. I mean, there was no like pressure on it at all to be like mm-hmm. a relationship or dating or anything. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if we ran into each other, we would just hoot and holler like we were friends. So. I mean, I'm sure you will. We'll see. Maybe I'll be a Rue Girl one day, and we'll be doing shows together. That'd be so fun. <laughs> and I did work Tina Burner's show a few times, and I have to say, I never really liked her. <laughs> you, uh, okay, go go into that. Get 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 into details. What what didn't you like about her? Because I find her to be very off putting as well. I. Honestly, when I would watch the shows, I would be like, you know what? She makes great costumes for herself. She has not on Drag Race yet. The taxi cab was cute. I don't think anything else she's worn has been as good as what I saw like in her shows in New York. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way she talks to the audience. She's definitely going for like the Bianca Del Rio kind of, you know, she's going to uh, insult comedy you, but it's just mean. There's no like, you know, tongue in cheek to an elbow nudge. Um mm-hmm. It just comes off really mean, and she was never rude to me personally. I just, watching her show while I was working, was just kind of like, I don't really get it. Did you talk to her much 
off off stage? I talked to her a few times backstage. I was the cocktail server, so like I would get the queens the drink they wanted and bring it backstage to them, or like get their uh-huh. shots or whatever they wanted. So, and she was she was never rude to me. I'll, I'll like I'm gonna be completely honest. She was always kind to me. Yeah, but I just didn't care for her hosting style. I guess, mm-hmm. but I've actually really liked watching her on the show because she hasn't come across as as mean as I thought she was. I guess. So maybe I've misjudged her, but. Or maybe she realized that about herself and she was like, oh shit, now that I'm on TV, perhaps I should. True. Not be such a heinous bitch. That could be why it took her 13 seasons to get on Drag Race. (laughs) Oh, but Monet Exchange was by far my favorite Rue Girl to work for. I worked for her. I worked her show before and after like season 10. It came out that she was going to be on season 10. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was so chill, so much fun. Um, she, you know, like I said, I was the cocktail server, so she would, she had no problem bringing me on stage and being stupid and like just being super chill, but still having that star quality. Yeah. I, this is so funny. I'm just having a, a, a memory come back to me when she was on tour with, uh, Murray and Peter, they came to Oklahoma City one time. I think she was the MC, maybe not. Yeah, her and Cracker did like a yes. Christmas show. Was it the Christmas? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I specifically remember her calling you out by name because yeah. you were there. Yeah, and I that tipped her so a 20 fun. and she was like, man, when did you get money? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I moved out of New York. <laughs> uh, well, you ain't lying about it. Yeah. I remember back in like 2015 visiting New York meeting up with James Michael A. Vance and him throwing us in a cab saying, we're going to go to Barracuda to see one of my friends. And we opened the door and there's this bald headed beauty on stage. And it was Monet exchange. Yeah. Like way before she was on drag. Oh Race. yeah. It was, it was so cool to see that she was going to be on when her season, like the promo started coming out. Yeah. I mean, I was with Justin Larman at, at the time and we both were freaking out because it was, it's just so, it was very much like gay. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound like a, I, I, I liked her before she was cool kind of a thing, but right. I really, I mean, I was a big fan even before she was on Drag Race. You know who she was before she was there. So it was almost like yeah. a friend. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, we, she was nice to me when I, I, I briefly met her that night, but you know, yeah, she doesn't have like my number or anything. <laughs> I will also I say did. I did work a show, I think twice that Sherry Pie was in. Oh. <gasps> I don't know if I want to she talk about shall not be her. Named. I know, Voldemort. Um, Let's talk about her. And she's, you know, the whole thing really sucks. Like, she shouldn't have done what she did. But she's she's so good on stage. Like, she would come in and be, I mean, I can't remember who hosted that show. It might have been Sherry Vine before she moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. But she would come in and just be like, why are you not the host? Why don't you own this bar? Like, she was always, like, polished. The makeup was on point. The costumes were amazing. And, you know, I never said anything besides, like, hey, how are you? Good. Okay, cool. Like, but she seemed very nice, and it it really sucked to have all of that come to light and happen and see her kind of be, like, shunned. Not kind of. She was shunned. (laughs) She was dismissed. She was great on her season. She made top four. Yeah. Um, so. I I agree. And 
I mean, I would never want to victim blame anyone right? or take away from what happened. I will say that there, there were some moments where you look back and these guys were getting upwards of like 150 emails from this catfishing account that was actually Sherry telling them that they had a job. And then, you know, after a certain point, when do you have to take responsibility and say, I probably should have seen this coming? Not well, see, Maybe not seen this coming, but I probably should have realized off, a little earlier on that this was not what was going to be. And like you said, how do you not realize a casting director is not going to make you, is not going to buy you and make you be on steroids for nine months? Yeah. You have to be this, you're a business person as a performer. You have to realize like what is going on you have to you have to do your homework and figure out who this person is that you're talking to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like and you know it was new york people are hungry for everything so i can i can easily see how someone would just kind of fall into that and think okay this is what i have to do this is what i'm doing at what point do you think if if ever we could start to see her again i don't i mean Honestly, Do you think she's done? I hate that we're in this culture of cancel culture. I think it's just as toxic as anyone doing anything they're being canceled for. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, I don't think it, it will be anytime soon because of this kind of standard mm-hmm. people on social media are setting for themselves and for everyone. Because even if you're not going to be a part of this cancel culture, I really try not to be. If I post something... You know, there's going to be 10, 15 people commenting on it being like, oh, now you're canceled because you like this person, or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's just, like, it it sucks that it's also happening during a time where people are kind of stuck on their devices with nothing mm-hmm. else to do besides go after people. Right. So I unfortunately don't think there's going to be a very big or any kind of redemption anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, I I wish that there were things that she could kind of do to maybe make amends or Yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like maybe the the, the court of public opinion has spoken and they've said no more ever again and Yeah. But I I agree with you. I think definitely if we ever do see it, it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah. I like seeing your little kitties in the background. I know. They're just wanting to entertain, I guess. That one on your left has really pretty green eyes. This one right here, Joey. Mm-hmm. Jo-cho. Joey. Jo-cho. Joey. Joey, Joey, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so being around so many f- polished drag queens, do you think that you uh, picked up anything or... Do you think that maybe you draw any inspiration from any of them? The Queens in New York? Yeah. Definitely. Um, You know, it it kind of floors me that I would watch shows in New York for an hour and a half, two hours, and they wouldn't change a wig. They wouldn't change a costume. But you wouldn't know. Like, it's not like you... Like, that's just the way it was. And then you come Mm -hmm. here to Oklahoma where it's like the wig and costume have to change between every number. And I'm like... Mm -hmm. Why do, are you guys just not entertaining enough to <laughs> to to be in one wig and one outfit? 
Well, um, that's kind of the thing. It's it's kind of a work work smarter, not harder kind of a thing, right? But I, I th- honestly, I think it's the audience that is the issue, and I oh. I hate to you know sound like a bad person, but it's I'm finding it very hard to play to audiences in Oklahoma City when the standard is like they're at a drag show they don't necessarily have to watch. Oh. So with my show, it's very much based in theater and Broadway. And like, if you want to get the joke, you need to be listening to the song and watching the performer. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to get the full experience, you need to be engaged. And, Mm -hmm. and that's like, you know, the bar owners have told me, they're like, you know, people come to your show and it's not like a normal drag show where people just come and go. People come and they stay like they're watching a show. And I'm like, that's what I want. That's what I want the expectation to be is like, you're walking into an off Broadway show and, you know, cause we, I mean, we'd go out in college and go to the boom and, you know, be there 15 minutes and then go to the next bar and yeah. not stay and watch all the Queens and, you know, whatever. They don't even watch any of the Queens, just stand at the bar and drink, get a drink. And that's, that's not the expectation I want for my show. But I think that's just kind of the culture that the patrons have in Oklahoma city mm-hmm. because I'll go to Tulsa or I've been to Stillwater and I mean, they are engaged. They are watching you. They are in it. Um, I'm going yeah. to Eureka Springs this weekend, and I'm super excited because apparently it's kind of the same idea there. Uh huh. Have you ever been to Eureka? Not as an adult. Okay. I remember going as a child and and like loving it. It's so enchanting. Of course, I was. I've always been like an 80 year old gay man, so that's basically <laughs> that's fine. Basically, yeah. They my, live there. It's my home. Um, <laughs> So I'm kind of excited that I, I don't want to say I'm coming in and shaking things up, but I'm trying to, you know, give the patrons of an Oklahoma City drag show the the reset in their mind to like actually be engaged and watch the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it's working. I don't know. <laughs> You know, and I think it's coming at such a great time right now because everyone is, especially in Oklahoma, everyone's coming out of out of lockdown. And yeah. now that they can go see some live entertainment, right. I mean, a lot of it, they still can't see some theater shows yeah. even. They have, to, they have to go to like bars and stuff. So I think there's definitely a want and a need for maybe more long form like entertainment as far as nightlife is concerned. Yeah. And I'm so excited for when life goes back to quote unquote normal because I'm going to these bars and these shows and making plenty of money Mm -hmm. with, you know, a third of the capacity that people are used to. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait for it to be packed (laughs) because I'm not going to need a day job. (laughs) Jack's going to be a day job. That's right. So what's next for, for Miss Patty? Oh man. I, um, well, I'm going to Chicago next week for a gown fitting. That's exciting. Yes, a designer in Chicago reached out to me about making me a gown after I won my first pageant, Miss Merry Christmas. Oh. So, oh. yes, I am your Miss Merry Christmas 2021. Um, can you? But can you do it like a pageant girl? Oh, I don't know. Where you, you kind of like yell at the mic? <laughs> Hi, I'm your Miss Merry Christmas 2021. Perfect. Was that good? You're hired. You got the job. <laughs> My platform is feline aids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Who's got it? Who wants it? Uh, so yeah, that was fun. My second pageant to be in, I won, so that's cool. But um, I'm getting this gown because I am competing in a pageant in May. So what pageant is this? It'll be like my first. I guess you'd call it like a circuit pageant. Oh. This is basically like a preliminary, and then if I win it, I'll go to state, and then if I win state, I'll go to nationals. Wow. So, yeah. it's um, I'm competing in the, the newcomer uh, division. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, basically, I hope I kill it. I hope you do, too. So. I, I think you're going to be amazing. I hope. I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I'm ready to try on this gown, though. It's like this royal blue uh, velour fabric with stones all over it. Ooh. The world can't wait to see it. I'm excited. Yes. So, we are coming to the end of our time together. Mm-hmm. I know you're, you're going to be devastated. Please don't be. Please I, don't be. I'm sure I'll be back, right? Maybe someday? Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what the analytics are. Um, <laughs> we'll have to check the numbers, but probably. Maybe if you get on Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll just whore you out for my podcast because you're on Drag Race. <laughs> but at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guest if there is a queer person that you would like to shout out. It could be maybe the first gay person you ever met or someone that has influenced your life in a gay way. Um, just, is there someone that is coming to mind? Oh my gosh. That sounded like Jennifer Coolidge for a second. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. No. Um <laughs> Oh man. That is It's hard to narrow it down. You know, I could name I any Broadway diva, really. That's just mm-hmm. kind of shaped who I am as a performer. Mhm. Um cuz I I love to take just a a little bit of everyone. I have to think. I'm sorry, I should have given you more more notice. No, I mean, you told me at the beginning, I just didn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, do the first gay person you ever met. God, well, you know what? Honestly, like, you and Cole and that group was, like, my first group of gay friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I loved that time of my life. Like, being with you all, um, doing musical theater, going to the bars, getting just experience being young and gay and not really being ashamed of it. Like Mm -hmm. that was a really formative, what, two, three years of my life. So, um, yeah, you, you can't say me. I can't say you. Oh God. (laughs) Billy thrash. She's not queer. (laughs) Billy transcends sexuality. Who was the first queer person you ever met? Oh, in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Okay, I actually worked for him. He owned a coffee shop in the mall. Oh, okay. Um, actually, no, that's not true. He was not the first gay person I met. Let's rewind. Okay. The first gay person I met that I, like, this is weird. You know, it's small town Oklahoma. You grow up thinking a certain way. But, like, I remember thinking, man, you're gay, but I really don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's my friend Casey. Just a big... Uh, like, can I say black? (laughs) 
African-American. You can say black. Let's say, okay. He's just a big... Person of color. A big black gay man. And, yeah. I mean, literally does not give two shits about what anyone thinks about him or what he's wearing or what he's doing. And, you know, I don't know if it was indirectly or whatever, but I, I hope that I got some of my confidence as a gay person from him because it just... He just always seems confident, but together, and just so unapologetic of just being 100% true to himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's how I want to live. What what is his name again? Casey Goldsby. Casey, we love you. Kayonce on um, Instagram. Kayonce. I'll tag him below. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Trevor, where can everybody find you? Oh my on goodness! The socials. They can find if they me. They would like to. Yes, they can find me on Facebook, Patty Bouray. Um, I'm just gonna give them all my Patty stuff because it's way more entertaining. Do. Uh, yeah. Instagram, the Patty Bouray. Uh, Cash App, Patty Bouray. Venmo, Patty Bouray. <laughs> um, give Patty your money. I have a merch shop on Redbubble, the Patty Bouray. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Instagram's where I'm most active. I would say so. The Patty Bouray on Instagram. Fabulous. Um. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh, thank you for creating such an awesome outlet for the gay community. Me? Little old me? Little old you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a labor of love, really. I know how hard editing is, and I I wouldn't want to do it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm unemployed at the moment, so, you know, I got lots of time on my hands. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you so much. Do you have any last words? For the for the kiddos that are listening. Oh my gosh. Support local queens like you would a Rue girl. There you go. Here, here. Just do it. We're doing our best. We're trying our hardest to entertain you. And, you know, we don't need to be on television to be just as entertaining. Give her your money. Yeah. <laughs> you can throw quarters at me. I'll take them. <laughs> hot quarters. <laughs> throw hot quarters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Go forth and be gay, everyone. (laughs) 